Welcome to another week of Level Up. This week, we are back with the OTB 100. Week six is all about lead management and execution. So listen in on the conversation that we had this past week. If you want to follow along with the PDF resource, head on over to our Level Up Facebook community. The link is in the show notes, and you can download that there and just follow along with us. If not, you can just listen in and you can probably get a good sense of what we're talking about just from listening to the podcast. So we hope you have a great week and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Let's get started. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so this week we're building on what we talked about last week with regards to CRM and lead management. And we're kind of going to get into like the nitty gritty of different systems and just how to establish um, a workflow for yourself, uh, just other things to keep in mind. So that's what we're going to be working on today. As always, feel free to chime in uh, with the chat. And let us know if you have any questions and we'll get started. Okay, and let, let us know. That was a blank page. Yes. So <laughs> oh page one is choose your own adventure. <laughs> Good luck. Okay, which okay. which would be an ironic way to have a, uh, a page that says where to start, and then it's just a blank page because that's the title of the page, isn't it? Where to yeah. start. You know what? Should I put this up in Canva? Sorry, just so that you can have like the full screen. Would that you would, prefer that? That would be fantastic. Okay, let me just work on that for a second. I can, I'll, I'll provide some casual banter while you're looking that up. <laughs> I wasn't um, here last week. We got lots to catch up on, lots to catch up on. But I guess apologies in advance that you're stuck with both of us today. You had a much more efficient meeting last week. It's all good. Well, um, okay, let me just... Sorry. Okay. So yeah, so we've got some people watching on Facebook as well as always. So that's totally cool. But for everybody who's there, there jump in at any point in time. And to everybody who gets here later or has to leave early, this is all being recorded. This will all be available. Um, and as Katie mentioned, the resource that we're looking at here or the worksheet version of the resource that we're looking at here is available in the chat there that you can link to. And we're probably also going to make it available in uh in the Facebook group. Can you see this or is, am I not sharing the right screen? No, you're not showing the right screen. Oh, sorry. Okay. Here. Um, there it is. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Look how good that looks. Look at that little succulent. That's what you call that, right? A succulent. (laughs) (laughs) Going on. All right. Let's jump right in. So this week we are building on the discussion of last week where we talked about uh, CRM. We talked about follow-up strategies at uh, more of a conceptual level. Um, we're going to get a little bit more tangible this week. Uh, and I can see there's a question there that I didn't even. Uh, by workflows, do you mean email and text, re- text reps on leads? Yeah, that's, that's a version of workflows. We're going to talk about workflows. Um, I guess it's at the top of this pyramid, so we can touch on it here as well. But Um, what we're trying to isolate this week is among other things, all the different things that you can and might want to do with the CRM system 
but at the same time isolating what's most important to you as well as what you're actually going to use because there are a world of different options out there when it comes to CRM. One of the most common questions we see people ask is what CRM do you use or what should I use or is this good? And the blanket answer that most people rightfully respond with is the best CRM is the one you're going to use. Um, and it's also a function of not just going in there and making use of it, but actually understanding the tools it makes available and whether or not they're achieving what you want to achieve. Uh, and also if there's just overkill in there that you're paying for for no reason. Um, so these are a collection of the sorts of things you would expect to see out of a CRM, the different things that customer relationship or consumer relationship management systems will allow to you. Um, workflows uh, would be basically the ability to take a contact and pass them through uh, a set of things or, or, a, or a schedule that would be expected of them over the life cycle of them being a part of your, uh, being a part of your, uh, I was going to say network, but I guess a part of your database. Um, within that, to Richard's point, it might be things like drip campaigns. It might be things like text messages, but it really is even down to the actual tasks and reminders that you might need to automate to yourself um, as part of that person's life cycle. Now, the task automation is very specifically the automated portion of things. Um, for example, somebody signs up through a certain uh, platform as a certain type of person and it automates an action to them using your CRM, like sending them a PDF or something like that. Bulk emails is pretty self-explanatory. You've got a large database. You want ways to communicate with them at mass. Sometimes it's not always one-off calls and, and emails, and sometimes you need to consolidate your efforts but at the same time, potentially be able to personalize it or segment it into buckets. Follow-up system. Um, this is uh, scheduling out and determining a timeline tied to the people and the contacts in your database. Um, one thing that you touched on last week, which I was listening to, and I forgot also how we called them leads, and Nadia had used a different word. I don't know. I don't know if you mentioned it in the thing, but I realize what it was. It's connections. Connections right. was the word. Did you yeah. talk about that last week? You did point it out. I pointed it out, but I forgot what the what she referred them as as opposed to the leads. So okay, I yeah. like connections a lot better. Yeah, I had forgotten it too. I asked Nadia because I forgot. Oh, she knew. Yeah, she there knew. you go. Um, <laughs> go to yeah. the source. <laughs> That's right. Um, and then yeah, you're, the contact information at, at its base, like this is, it's a pyramid because this is really taking, I guess, from the bottom up where you start with the base information and you work your way up to all the different things you can and will do with the information that you got from your database. Right. Okay. So in terms of considerations for your CRM, there's some things as you're doing some research, what you should consider based on what it is that you're looking for in a CRM. And as Daniel said, and as we always say, it's always unique to you and your own business and what you're trying to achieve ultimately. So going back to that annual plan and figuring out how you're showing up for your the, the particular clients you're looking to attract um, is a really important thing to keep in mind as you go through this exercise, because it can be easy to go off on a different tangent um, when you're trying to figure out what CRM and what the capabilities are. And it might not actually be capabilities you need at this point. Um, so some different points to consider uh, your connection, obviously, to the prospecting strategy. So what sorts of prospecting activities do you plan to do frequently? If you're looking to work with online leads, 
Um, there are quite a few really good CRMs with like a built-in website, which we'll go through um, shortly. Um, but, you know, that's something that will really help you versus a really basic CRM where you're having to do a lot of manual input, which really will waste a lot of your time. Cost is another big one. And that's something you'll see with those CRMs that we compare shortly, how different the cost can be and how overwhelming that might feel to some people. Some people don't necessarily, especially when they're first getting into the industry, they don't want to be spending hundreds of dollars a month on like an integrated CRM website type thing. They'd rather something more basic that they could just use and build upon as they, as they build their career. Um, and again, that goes back into your annual budget. So going back to that and making sure that you've got the the budget for the particular CRM you're looking to use. Implementation um, is a big one along with user experience, I would say. Uh, I know Daniel and I have worked through CRMs in the past where I just, I can't get into it. You know, it's just that the capabilities or just the way it's, it flows and the way it looks is really hard to use. Um, and that's a big part. If you're not enjoying using it, you're not going to be, we always say you want to like be in your CRM daily. And if you don't enjoy the actual application, um, it's going to be really hard for you to stay there and really work within it. And then the features is obviously probably the most important part of this. Uh, what what different things are you looking for in a CRM and does that one actually um, provide you with exactly what you're looking for? I think most CRMs, um, especially the, the more, um, like there, there's always ones that have different, most of them have different plans. So the more um, robust, more expensive monthly plans will probably give you anything and everything you could possibly want. Um, but if you want to be a little bit more fiscally responsible when you're first starting out, it might be good to start with the basic one and then recognize what are the different features you'd like to incorporate. And then you could always add that afterwards. Okay. So let's, let's get a little bit more specific about the sorts of things you can do. And obviously this is a very uh, non-exhaustive list and jump in. If you're currently using a CRM that does stuff that's not on here or things that um, you might think are important that we haven't touched on here. Um, but you can do all sorts of things. And, and really, I think CRM has been built out as a, as a concept that now has gone into just solutions more than just customer relationship management. Like there's one platform we use that was just too robust that it was, it, it was just confusing beyond belief and we had to drop it because there was too much going on and too many integrations. Um, but the base things you can do Managing your dates, keeping track of, again, things like follow-ups with people um, and, and tracking the life cycle of your, of your clients. Uh, the sales process being managed with tasks. Um, so, for example, which we're going to talk about later, if you get a new buyer lead, for example, or a new buyer connection, what are the standard set-out things that you need to know to do and when do you need to do them? And Do you require reminders? Do you require automation to do that sort of thing? Um, keeping everything in one place is very important from a database perspective because a lot of us are pulling in contacts from a lot of different sources. Um, it might be coming through social media. You might be door knocking. You might be working phones. You might be attending networking events. And this goes back to our first few sessions where in a lot of ways, it'll depend on the type of agent you are and what it is that you enjoy doing. But regardless, you're going to bring in names from different places. 
Yet once you have them, they need to get into a plan and into a system that allows you to organize them together rather than apart from one another. The nice thing is you can still bucket them within a CRM to keep alive the source from where they came from. So it doesn't, it doesn't just put everything in the gray area. It keeps things organized, but in one place, um, which also speaks to sorting by type. Buyers, sellers, you can get more granular than that within buyers. Do you cut that down to first-time buyers? Do you cut it down to investors? Things like that. Um, keeping track of how many times you've connected with people, how many times you've contacted them. There's a lot of CRMs that are good at not just telling you to do things, but also um, keeping a, a, a record of all the things that you've said, when you've said them. In some cases, they're tied to your phone line where you'll actually know how long you spoke to people. You'll know if they opened your emails, things like that. Um, obviously, this maintains consistent follow-up with people. It needs to tie into your prospecting strategy, and this is something that maybe the CRMs themselves will not speak to, but this, again, is going to come down to your ability to choose not just the CRM that has the features you like, but those that really map into how you've planned to run your business because everything needs to be part of the same strategy. The CRM especially cannot live independent of what your strategy is. Um, workflows for different groups, we talked about email templates. So some of them are going to bring the creative element of things in. They're going to standardize, um, oh, reading ahead. They're going to standardize um, the things that you're going to say and to who, where sometimes you can just put in these tags that will assign names and addresses and things like that to standardize templates which also allows you to remain on brand in a more consistent way if there's a look and feel that you're going for and a tone. Uh, lead scoring is something that uh, will start to, this starts to get into some degree of the AI element of CRMs where now based on the activities and the actions that you take with your clients or potential clients and what their responses are, you start to be able to build an expectation of how valuable they are. Where are they on that cold, warm, hot, uh, spectrum, which also feeds potentially into what workflow they're going to tie into and how it is you relate to them down the road, how often you connect with them and things like that. Um, integration is the last thing here. CRMs now, the way technology goes, and don't even get me started on what's happening with the future of Facebook or Meta, um, but technology lets you do a lot of things. And everything can and does talk to everything else if you want it to. So if you're using other tools that you're really comfortable with, whether it's Google, whether it's a mailing program, um, whether it's your transaction software, whether it's your website, whatever, there is a way and a solution that you can integrate a CRM directly with that and make it do what you want it to. So be aware of that. Map out exactly what your perfect world would look like and have that in your back pocket when you start looking at which tool makes the most sense for you. Okay, so let's get into some practical application for your yes. CRM. Let's do that. So number one, we want to, I guess, as Daniel was saying, like group your leads in different ways. And we're going from like the top to the bottom in a very um, deliberate way because we want, especially for people that haven't done this yet, maybe they have a CRM and they just haven't put the time into classifying things a little bit more specifically, or maybe you're just starting a CRM. And so you don't want to get into like a lot of complicated ways of, of segmenting your, your contacts because it can be, or your, uh, what is it? Your connections, 
connections. Thank you. Why don't why can't I remember that word? Um, but uh, sorry, and Beverly had mentioned in the chat as well uh, one uh, CRM system that we're not going to touch upon, but Kitspak, K-I-T-S-P-A-K, uh, is one that she said is is very uh, inexpensive and a very good CRM. So another one to maybe write down if you're looking for different options. So thanks for that. Um, okay, so number one, we want to start start with your lead source. So where are you getting this lead from? Could it be from a referral? Could it be from Realtor.ca? Is it from your website? So many different ways that you can get the lead in. And the reason why this is so important, it's not necessarily to um, connect or to use it as like a connection with your with your contact, but it's more to really understand where the business is coming from and and evaluate that in a year's time and figure out, okay, where is a lot of my business coming from? Should I leverage this? Should I put more effort and marketing into a certain part of my business? Because that's where I seem to get be getting a lot of my leads. So that's something just to kind of have. And so you can review that down the line. The lead type. Um, is obviously something that's very important when you're talking about uh, managing your connections, but uh, different types of leads can be buyer, seller, landlord, tenant, family, friend, past work colleague. Um, there's a lot of different ways, but again, I would start out with the basic categories. And then if you feel like down the road, there's other types that you can add, then do that. But don't waste too much time trying to figure out all of the different lead types because you're just going to end up with a large grouping of different things. And it might be hard then to determine, okay, where am I going to place this lead? Because they're buyer, but they're also this or that. So you want to make sure that it's, um, that it's more general, I would say. And then of course, the temperature of that connection. And this is what we talked about last week in terms of how often you're following up with those people. Um, are they hot? Are you currently working with them right now? Do you have a listing um, that you're you're trying to sell? For, or is it a seller that you're currently have a listing, um, an active listing with? Um, is it a warm lead? Somebody reached out to you through Realtor.ca and is starting to think up, think about starting up their search, or is it a cold lead? Maybe it's a Facebook uh, connection or a past colleague that you worked with in the past. No intention of buying or selling right now, but you do want to keep that relationship going and have them in your CRM. So. Those are the two ways that I would segment your connections at the very start. Um, and then what you could get down into down the line um, is, is to tag them and to create groups for these individuals. And this is where you can really automate things potentially. So if you're talking about um, you know, your group of condo buyers or your group of condo sellers, Maybe you see a report that comes out in the news, like it's a news article about condos in general, downtown condos, and it's something you think might be useful for that group of individuals in your CRM, then that's something that you could just search by tag or group, see all the condo owners and send them that information. And so you're, you're adding an, an additional method of touch with them and you're doing it in a very efficient way because you're just basically sending it out to the entire group. And of course, there's ways to personalize an email so that their name is in there, but um, it just allows you to be more efficient while at the same time keeping contact with them a lot more. Um, oh, and okay, we just got uh, one, one comment just about the 
web address for Kits Pack. Um, I don't know if there is one, Beverly, but if you have it, that would be great. Somebody's just asking about it. Okay, I'll, I'll look for it. I'm not sure. I'll, I'll put it on the um, chat if I find it. Okay, thank you. Perfect. So if anybody has any questions on this, um, let us know, because I know this is a lot of information and in one, especially if you're just starting out in, with a CRM, but um, this is, we'll, and we'll get into examples, obviously. Yeah, and, and, and building on it, I mean, it's always great to have as much information as possible. There's no such thing as too much information on a client, but there is such thing as segmenting the information too much to create too many different workflows, especially when um, when we keep talking about and keep drilling home the idea of your focus um, and your strategy, that's going to be where you start to segment certain areas more specifically where they speak more to your business. But when it's a very generic um, type of connection that maybe isn't your core focus, you're still going to want to have that as a segment, um, but you wouldn't necessarily be creating a million subsegments. If you're not focused on leases, for example, you're not going to have, um, you know, first time tenant and, and lifelong landlord or whatever, you know, whatever the segments are beneath that, you'll might just have a lease segment of people who are in that world with the goal of transitioning into where your focus is, right? Because everything talks to everything else. Like a lease is a great example. If you've got someone who's a tenant, a year from now, they might be a buyer, right? You might have them as a segment of your buyer uh, area, if that's something that you're looking at, where there's a certain workflow or automation that goes to them that starts getting them thinking about saving for a first home or whatever. Um, yeah. But that speaks to creating the workflow. Um, and I'm, I'm happy the first sentence says the word focus. We're just going to keep talking about it. But the idea is that this is how you want to lay out each of these segments and it can be as robust or not as you want. And truthfully, these are the sorts of things that grow with time and grow with your strategy as well. Um, the idea though is looking at any particular bucket that you've laid out of people. This is an example of warm leads, for example, um, and saying, what is it at a high level that I'd want them to be doing? Or what is the, what is the uh, life cycle or the process I'd like them to enter with me the moment they get into my database? And here's a whole bunch of examples here that fall under four different buckets. So warm sellers, buyers, tenants, and landlords, um, they do all follow a similar flow in this particular example. And none of the examples we're going to give you are obviously the answer to your question necessarily. These are examples of what might work as a, as a high-level example of what you might, might start thinking about. Um, with buyers, for example, your workflow is going to start with your initial contact, and maybe it looks like right away your initial contact is sending them your buyer guide and setting up a call, right? This could be, um, to Katie's point, maybe it was a realtor.ca lead that came in. It's a warm somebody who inquired about a property or someone who said, I'm thinking about starting my search. Great. You've got their email address. Maybe you have their phone number. You integrate that into your CRM and the workflow begins. So right away, whether it's automated or not, you're going to start off, you know they're going to get your buyer guide because that's how this thing starts and you know that you're going to try to set up a call because that's how you want to build the relationship. Step two, once you've got the call set up is you have the call, the meeting, and this is all potentially reminders slash tasks within your CRM, but it's also something that's being tracked as it happens. Right. So when it happens, this might be something that's supplemented with 
notes from the meeting that live within this person's uh, name. This might result in the creation to what Katie was talking about of tags and additional buckets where now you're learning more about this client and you realize they're a first time home buyer or you realize they're an investor um, or they're looking for a specific type of something. Um, from that, in this particular case, maybe uh, you are going to be setting them up immediately on a property search if that's what they're looking for. You found out what their criteria is, you find, you find out the tags, the type of person they are, and that's one of the things in the workflow. Um, that may or may not be something that is actually doable through your CRM. Arguably, it's something that it's a reminder in the CRM and you check it off like a checklist, but you're in matrix or stratus or whatever you use to set them up on a search and that's just something that you've reminded yourself to do in the workflow and then depending again on what your workflow looks like and what the specific process is maybe it just says you do a bi-weekly follow-up maybe the message that goes with the search is you know anytime anything jumps off the page you reach out to me anytime but i'm not going to be on you daily with a follow-up email saying did you like anything did you like anything can we see something um, however, your workflow on your side of the fence is just going to say in the absence of any contact every couple of weeks, I'm going to reach out and I'm going to follow up. Maybe there's something here that says every couple of weeks, you're also equipped with an update on what's happening with the market. Maybe you send them a video message, whatever it is, right? If this can be what you deem it to be, but the CRM not only reminds you to do things, but it keeps things flowing in the order that fits your strategy, that stays consistent, so that at any point in time, you can look at all of your warm buyers and you can say, where are they at in the cycle? And maybe there's processes in here that transition them from warm to hot, right? Maybe the moment somebody says, I like this place, let's go on a showing, let's sign a BRA, or what have you, maybe they transition to your hot workflow, which looks different, which starts with sign the BRA, sign the paperwork, go on the showing, blah, blah, blah make an offer, get a deal, make lots of money, move on, right? Not move on. That's terrible. Not move on. Lifelong friends, lifelong connections. Um, and then you can see here it says, uh, and this one, and all of them, these also look very similar because, again, the workflow can look like anything, but you can make it what you want. And in doing this, you now take your high-level buckets. Maybe it's just cold, warm, hot. Maybe it's buyer, seller, leases, whatever it is. And you've got that initial this is what it looks like. And that's how you start setting it up for everybody who enters your database. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's some, like even a seller, like I know you and I have been talking to people that aren't looking to sell right now. They're looking to sell probably in January, February. That's a warm seller. And that's somebody that you need to follow up continuously because it's very easy if you just like drop contact until January or February, it's very likely that some other agent is going to enter into their life, either through a postcard or maybe a phone call or just they see them on social media and you're dead to them. <laughs> and then you come January, February, you're like, oh, darn it. There's their listing and I'm not the listing agent. So exactly. that's, yeah. Like we, and, we, we we, we no, talk like we talk um, and in our, our team meeting this week, um, one of our agents was talking to us about cold leads and what to do when they're not answering you. For example, a mm -hmm. lot of questions like that are addressed within the workflow you create, right? If you've created a workflow for your cold leads that says, I'm going to contact them this way, this way, and this way at this frequency, 
And it can only go one of two ways. Like you talked last week about how, what was it, 80% of people or whatever the stat was, like five contacts before you hear back from somebody or whatever it is. Um, yeah, this one. It, yeah, 80% of sales require five follow-up calls. Knowing that information or however you want to take that, it might take more than that. If your strategy is I'm going to keep on them until I either get a shift to the warm lead or a complete never call me again, stop harassing me, I can't stand you, right? If those are the only two end games, your workflow has to reflect that where you're going to keep contacting and it's going to end one way or the other, right? And you don't need to be angry if it goes the wrong way. You just have the resolve to know that you'll just keep going with the rest of your cold leads and now you can be confident you work that one to a, to a conclusion, good or bad. And if you're the kind of agent who starts primarily with cold leads, like let's say you're a prospector and that's the type of agent you are and your database is full of names and phone numbers or names and email addresses with not much more um, information attached to them, you're going to want to have a workflow that deals with them that doesn't just end with one email and if I don't hear back, I'm done, right? So use it for whatever it is you're doing, but be real about how you want it to look. And the moment you're able to set it and forget it, which is a Ronco food dehydrator reference there, for those of you who used to watch that infomercial back in the 80s, set it and forget it. Um, that totally took me off track. I should have made a food dehydrator reference. Uh, <laughs> never mind. The moment you put it in there as a, as a workflow, it's something that's set in stone that you're able to refer to and follow, and you're able to track everybody with so much more clarity that you're not wondering where you're at and you're not remembering, oh crap, like you said, I was supposed to call this person and I never yep. did, and they got away from me. Yeah, exactly. And and that's and that's the thing. Like it just it just gets away with from you. Like you can tell yourself you're going to remember, and nine times out of ten, you don't. Especially with the amount of people that we come in contact with on a daily basis. I just put up in the chat yet last week's um, PDF in case people are joining us that didn't have a chance to go through it. If you have it, this is just kind of like the one of the pages that we did go through. So that follow up frequency for each type of lead, like you're basically taking what you worked on last week and putting it into your workflow for this week. So it's not like, you're, I mean, you are doing more work, but like this, th that's used to help you and to support you through this next stage. Um, so it's not feeling so overwhelming. So don't just forget about what you worked on last week. Make sure you're implementing it for this week as well. Um, okay, so going back. So the next few pages that we put up are just creating your own workflows. Um, so this is just, if this is helpful for you, if you want to print this out and start building on it yourself, um, or just take a blank piece of paper and do it yourself. Um, but this just kind of gives you uh, a framework for, for starting things up. Yeah. If that's helpful at all. And, and Richard just brought up a very good point, which I'm not sure if we touch on it. So I'm just going to point it out now, which is these workflows are only as good as your ability to implement them, right? True. So yeah. we talk about use the CRM that you're going to use, um, but it also is on you to, he's talking about time blocking, which is so important. It's important if you know that your workflow has you following up with, you know, today's list of cold leads that are in there or whatever it is every day, you need to have that hour put aside every day at 10 a.m. that is your follow-up time or that is your live in my CRM for 10 to 12 every morning 
because without that discipline, the workflows are there. And even automation will, by definition, automate things for you. But the human element of what you bring to the table is what's going to hit the home run here. The CRM is just yeah. there as the tool that allows you to make this a lot more easy and organized for yourself. Absolutely. No, that's such a good point. Because if you see here through the workflow, the sample workflow we created here, all of this stuff is pretty much all personalized. Like there's no automation here. And you could build that in. But this is just reminding you to do stuff at a certain point so you're staying organized. Um, okay, so the fun stuff. We're going to review some of the common CRM options that uh, we've, we've become familiar with. But uh, Beverly did mention uh, Kits. Kits Keep in Touch. That's David Greenspan, I think, has that company. And he's local. Um, and I hear really good things about what he's doing. So that's, that's a good option. Um, but here are some other ones that you can look at. Lion Desk. Um, I'm not going to read through everything. We've got some like the prices and the features um, that each of them do have. Um, but these are basically stand the standalone CRM. So there's no real website. Like a website doesn't come with these ones. Um, obviously, you could integrate a website and have those leads flow into the, the CRM, but we'll get that into that in the next chat. But, um, you know, Lion Desk, Follow-Up Boss, Top Producer, Contactually, Exact. Um, a few of our agents use Exact and really, really like it. It's a great real estate CRM and very reasonably, reasonably priced as well. Um, Copper was the one I talked about last week. A word of warning about copper. I have recommended it to a couple of people and I don't know if it's just, I'm not sure what it is they don't really like about it. It's not a specific real estate CRM and maybe that's why. Um, but I, the ones, the people I've recommended it to may haven't liked it. So um, maybe just give that one some extra thought if you do want to look into it. The reason why I love it, it's just, it's an extension to my Google. Um, so it's completely integrated. I can just, it makes it easier for me to add people in. Um, but, you know, I'm sure there's all, all these other ones probably do something similar anyway. And, okay. Uh, we'll another, go to the another good point from Richard right now. Um, Richard, you're coming in with the nuggets of knowledge here. I love it. Which is, <laughs> um, which is the value of asking people, how they mm. want to be contacted um, yeah. because you might have an automation set up that everybody's getting an email or everybody's getting a whatever. But if part of your workflow is establishing that first and then setting them on a path that feeds that type of contact, he's right. I mean, I, I'm not reading it, but I think he said something to the effect of you'll be their hero or they'll love you for it. And it's mm. true. Personalization is one of the benefits of the CRM, but you can only personalize it if you ask enough questions to determine what people want, right? You can definitely ensure your message gets across the way you want it, but if you're able to customize it to your audience in a way that they're com comfortable, it's that much more effective. Um, and so these are, these are more of the uh, real estate slash website related CRM platforms. Uh, most, if not all, these might be the ones you're familiar with in the industry. Agent Locator is a very popular um, IDX website. IDX being it pulls in the, the feed of listings and basically creates your website as an extension of realtor.ca effectively where people can search um, in that particular case and an incomes case. Uh, I believe Real Geeks as well, but definitely the top two. Um, 
their mechanism is leveraging the search to build in the connections and the leads through the website. So somebody wants to search for a home, um, after a couple of properties, something will pop up saying, Hey, do you want to keep searching? Give us your email address or would you like to be set up on a search or whatever the, the tagline is. But in doing that, it automates that contact info into their backend CRM. Um, some people use additional CRM platforms alongside these because maybe there's features they prefer, but these are built to be one-stop shops where you're getting the names, you're getting the contacts, it's in a CRM, and then the automation is part of that as well. Um, with any of these, especially the real estate focused ones, you can have them built as specific as having pre-done content that's real estate related filled out and sent on your behalf on a regular interval. Almost all of these come with their own pre-done templates. If and when you're confident and set with your strategy, my recommendation would be to take the time to build your own content for obvious reasons. You don't want to be relying on the stuff everybody else is doing because you're going to look like everybody else right? Like these are popular because they do generate names. But again, agent locator income, all of these, just getting names isn't going to get you business, right? Like names that come in from this to me are they're lukewarm. Like they're warm because someone went to the trouble of giving an email address via a real estate platform. So there's some degree of interest, but they don't know who you are. There's no reason for them to go any further and if what they receive from you is purely and clearly generic, not your brand content, it's not going to serve you well. So just be aware that you can use all of these to generate your own content and you should. Um, and you can use what they have automated to inspire you with ideas. You don't need to say, well, crap, I can't come up with a weekly article or email or how do I want to do this? But that might not be your forte either. That might not be what you want to send out there. So. The, the value is figuring out what you want to do, finding the platform that will allow you to do that the best, and then circling back. Um, in, one of the, in one of the earlier slides, you might see that there's features you didn't know you wanted or could use, but they fit really well with your strategy. You can adjust and, and enhance what you're doing once you're with the platform and you see what, what it's capable of. Or as your business grows or your strategy uh, evolves, you don't need to keep a workflow the same all the time. You just need to be aware of what you're doing and what it's serving when you're doing it. Not just do it because it's what everybody else is doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, like, you know, you and I tried Agent Locator and I definitely really liked their platform and their customer service was excellent. But for us, where we're nurturing our repeat referral business, like why, why have another website? And a lot of these promote having an unbranded website because that's where people start coming in and feel more comfortable providing their information, which is kind of funny, but it is, it's true. Um, they're less likely to provide information on a branded site that they know where the information is going. So um, again, it goes back to your plan. And this is something like we tried it out. We, I guess, understood the platform, which was a good thing, but we did waste a lot of time and money in implementing something that ultimately didn't come back to our goals. So review, review, review that annual plan, every business decision you make and make sure it connects back to that. Because if you're not doing that, um, you're just going to go down roads that don't have the connection and you're just going to feel like you're really all over the place. And, and challenge the, like, 
I, w- I want to say all of these companies have real salespeople who know their platforms front and back, and they've got all the answers to all the objections, but challenge them with what your strategy is and yeah. ask them to explain to you how a particular platform will fit it. Because I can tell you one thing we learned, which for whatever reason we didn't realize before starting to look at all these, is if your goal is seller leads, if you're looking for yeah. listings, you yeah. don't get listings from a website. Generally speaking, like inbound leads for listings are not coming from people who are using an IDX website. People searching for homes aren't looking to sell their house. They're looking to buy. So all the leads you get are buyer leads, which may be transitioned to referrals or, or, or sellers or whatever. But if your goal is seller leads, I remember even Agent Locator told us flat out, you know, yeah. you're not going to get those, right? Or there'll be, there'll be a needle in a haystack and you're going to waste a lot of money trying to herd people into a platform that doesn't make sense for what your goal is. And that's useful to ask those questions because yeah. they, they obviously want as many clients as they can have, but their success is built on the success of the people using their platforms as well. Right. And there's a reason a lot of the, the stories you see are centered around the same sort of platforms. It's because people are having success around them. That being said, um, I think, uh, was it Bev that also said, like she's used Agent Locator and I don't want to single them out because they are really good, but you are going to get cold, lukewarmish leads from anywhere where you're just relying on people to click somewhere and find you. You didn't nurture or find that relationship, right? Whether it's an income site, it could be a, what's that really expensive one? I don't remember. There's like some of these boutique designer IDX sites that you can pay 10 grand for. You're still going to get cold leads, right? Yeah. You're going to get- and what's important to recognize, it's, it's the spend you're putting in your ads behind bringing people to your website. Just having a website out there is not going to get, even with an IDX search, is not going to get you leads until you start spending the monthly costs into Google and Facebook ads. And that is on top of running the website. So, for example, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to not single out Agent Locator anymore. Let's say Boomtown, for example, because they're super expensive. Um, but thousand to fifteen hundred a month and then an additional required spend of 250 for like that lower package so if you go to the lower package spend a thousand a month on the website then you're having to spend an extra 250 dollars to bring um bring people to your site in order to get the leads so it's a big investment and if colder leads um and and dealing with people that you don't necessarily know are more in your wheelhouse and it is like I mean, I know a lot of people out there that do this really well. They spend a lot, but they get a lot of leads coming in. And as long as they've got that process down to a science um, where it's just like filtering through people and just identifying the people that um, makes like seem to be more serious, um, then people do really well with this type of system. But it's not for everyone. And I think it's important to recognize that because when you go on a real estate forum and you ask, what's the best CRM? What's the best website out there? You're going to have a lot of people that are upping, big upping the one that they're using because they don't want to make it seem like they're not using a good one, um, first of all. And second of all, like, I feel like it's like a, a, like a mass like, thing where people are just like, oh, yeah, Agent Locator's the best. You need to use them. Or Boomtown's the best. Like, you, you don't want to go anywhere else. Well, it depends on what you're looking for in your business. They might have a com- completely different objectives than you do. So really going back to the plan and figuring it out is what's important. Absolutely. It's, it's all about what your strategy is, what type of an agent you are. Like this is all, 
the goal of this whole OTB 100 is not to have these as isolated sessions, right? Everything is flowing mm -hmm. for a reason. If you've, if you've identified you're not a converter, going back to that first, like converters are the people who just want to have a bunch of warmish leads thrown at them and they will just churn out calls and emails all day. And to Nancy's point on the Facebook group, she said about one in 100 leads or one in 100 contacts might become a lead or a good client or something like that. And that sounds about right. That's actually yeah. a pretty good uh, percentage if you're working at it. Like if your time yeah. blocking is two hours every day of churning out this and that's what you do, if you get one out of 100, that might mean you get two new clients every week or three new clients every week, which is pretty good and lucrative for most people, right? Um, but also to Tara's point, talking about how sometimes, and we're the same, our brokerage, used to be an IDX site um, and it used to be all built on bringing people in and searching because that's what we saw out there. That's what people do. You're not a real estate site if people can't search on your site, right? Because that's, that's what legitimizes you. But that's not what our focus is. Our focus is our brand. Our focus is the experience people have with us. And to your point, if the experience is they want to search for a place, there are sites that exist that do that, that people are groomed to go to. We were never going to be at the top of the Google search, nor was it our focus for people looking to buy a home and searching for one, right? But okay. if when they find a home, they're starting to think to themselves, okay, who do I want to go to or what sort of a person do I want to deal with? Because we're repeat referral and because we're upholding a brand standard and, an, and a reputation, that's what we want to reinforce when someone visits our website, not the ability to search for homes they could find somewhere else. So that's really key know what your goal is, know what your strategy is, know what kind of an agent you want to be and leverage that with the tools you put in place, not just the strategy you have. Yeah. Um, and Richard breaks, brings up a good point as well. And something that uh, we missed is that um, bringing in those buyer leads, a lot of them need to sell a house as well. So technically they could be seller leads in a way. Um, and the way I, I think Richard probably runs his business is the way he um, goes through his leads and all that. He does a really good job of identifying those individuals and obviously um, classifying them as somebody that obviously you want to keep in touch with and keep following up with because that's, that's where you're going to get those listings. So, all right. Um, so next thing, some little, a little bit of homework for you guys um, is basically figuring out where, like, what are, what are the most important things for you at this point? Um, and just identifying those will allow you to narrow down the options and figure out what makes the most sense for you. So cost effectiveness, keep uh, track of dates, simplicity with the setup and a clean interface. I think that's really important for a lot of people, especially when they're first starting out. Um, the email and open and click tracking, that could also be really useful because um, a lot of times you, you send out emails and, and some people will never, ever open them. And so that's a way to really determine if a lead is, you know, a, a good lead or somebody that's just a waste of time. Like, obviously, you might, you want to keep following up with people that aren't opening up their emails, but you want to prioritize the follow up with the people that are actually clicking on your, on your content and reading it. 
um, manage the sales process with automated tasks, uh, creating the workflows and building email templates. If that's an area you want to focus on from like an email perspective, sending out that the, the marketing uh, that way, um, that's another thing to consider. And then additional features. Obviously, this is just like the basics. So if there's anything else that you can think of that's important for you in a CRM, make sure you write those down so that when you go, go do your search, which is the next step, you'll know what you need to do. And, and just, just to build on that last one, although you don't have to go back mm -hmm. to that, but you can. I will. Okay. There you go. Um, this is almost the same idea as when we started talking about things where you don't just want to necessarily check off necessary on everything, right? Um, although CRM is a bit different because you can find platforms that will do everything for you, but it's really important to isolate what is most important to what you need. Right, because it's easy to say, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds good too. But that starts to fall into the same bucket of, sure, I want to work with buyers, sellers, leases, people in Barrie, people in Windsor, people everywhere. But even with your CRM platform, the more that it's focused on what is most important to what you're trying to do, the better you'll be able to isolate the right one. And I talked before about a platform we tested, and I'll call it out by name because it's not really a real estate one, and they're not even based in Canada, so they ain't mad at me but it was Zoho. If anybody's heard of Zoho, Z-O-H-O, it is, it's kind of like the Google of CRM. Like it has so many different sub applications and things that it was so too much. It could have done everything. Like it could have woken me up in the morning, tied my shoes, poured me an orange juice and called my clients. And that sounds good, but it was so much and so complicated. And like with every other system, the more you've got in front of you, the more you're going to have to do to make it effective, right? Like even though things automate, these features still rely your personal touch to make them successful, right? So be aware of that when you like a lot of features. And maybe part of this will tie into the idea of how you run your CRM as well. Like, do you have a, a virtual assistant that works with you? Are there certain mm -hmm. elements that you're able to leverage somebody else to help with? Or is a lot of it automated, like an agent locator, where a lot of the stuff that might require a human element for certain platforms is being done behind the scenes, and it gets you to the point where you want to take the reins. Like when the names are all there, some of it's automated and some of it you do yourself. Um, but that only comes with research, because most platforms at the surface will tell you, oh, yeah, we do that. Everybody will say, oh, yeah, we do that. Oh, yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah, we do that. We can do that. What's involved? How specific is it to what you want? And how much noise is there that's clouding what you actually need? So this is really important because everything you want, but is it necessary, like really necessary, or is it just something that says nice to have or could live without? Be honest with yourself because the more you're able to say no to, the easier it'll be to find the thing that you actually want to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then some homework. So basically complete the needs analysis, review a few CRMs. I mean, there it's, it's a fine balance because you don't want to go into analysis paralysis where you're looking at 10 different CRMs and you're like, oh my God, I don't know what to pick. At, at some point, you just have to pick something and just go for it. Because I think 
if you've got like a general sense of what you want and you've got five or so that do the same thing, then just choose one and start working with it. Don't, don't look back and be like, oh, I maybe should have gone with the other one, but just start working in it. As I said last week, not that you want to be doing this, but you can always export your leads into a different CRM if you're really finding it's not working out for you and it's not the end of the world. So maybe if that's kind of where you're at in your thinking, it might be best to ensure that you're only paying like a monthly fee for one. Like I know sometimes you get a better rate if you pay for the full year up front, but maybe if you kind of want to dip your toe into one and just see how it all works, um, maybe just spending that extra, like it doesn't, it doesn't amount to much, but... They also, almost all of them have a free trial. If, True. If, yeah, if you, if you can make use of, if it's, they're usually like two weeks at least, right? Yeah. And we did that, like, truth be told, I want to say virtually every platform that was there, we've tried. And mm-hmm. it, some of it was just doing research for our own team so that we could know what we're talking about when they ask us about one. But yeah. also for our own CRM, it was like, is this going to work for us? Yes or no. And that allows you to try it. Now, to your point, don't do eight consecutive 14-day trials and yeah. end up, you know, end up four months down the road still with nothing. But yeah. hopefully it's a learning process where there's nothing wrong with trying one or two and learning what is and isn't for you to end up in the right place. But once you commit, it it is easy to pull stuff out and put it somewhere else, but you don't want to be doing that, right? So try to really yeah. taste test it and then just get into it and use it. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, and most of these have training, other whether it's on YouTube or their site or whatever it is. Take the time, time block. You know, an hour a week, thirty minutes a day, whatever you have time for, to really understand what this CRM has and what the capabilities are. Because there's no sense just getting something and just being like, well, I don't actually know how to use it, but my contacts are here. So there's so many different things that you can do and, and work your way up again, like, you know, start with the basics and work your way up. And for those people that have a CRM that they're using that um, they're, they're, they're liking and they don't have any intention of switching to another one, take that next step to become more of an expert within that CRM. I'm sure there's advanced courses within the CRM that you're using to know and understand how to really make use of it and take the stuff that you did last week and make sure you're starting to really refine how you're defining your, your, your connections and, and the follow-up strategy and just really building into place a solid foundation for your communication so that next year you're not going to let anybody slip through the cracks. Yeah, and I'm going to throw into this and we've both done this recently you can't have an attitude of the people I haven't spoken to in a long time are now kind of just cold and disappeared, or those don't matter as much as the new ones who are entering my database. Because mm-hmm. whatever point people are at in their relationship life cycle with you, whether you have a CRM or not, the moment you create this, we talk about sphere of influence. It doesn't even need to be people who are close to you. But when we have taken a day and just said, I'm going to follow up with a whole bunch of people I haven't spoken to, I guarantee you, you're going to build and create and rejuvenate relationships and get clients out of these people. So start with, it says here, transfer your contacts over. That doesn't just mean start people at the beginning of a workflow, right? Unless you have a workflow for the people you haven't spoken to in six months or a year and that you want to start a new process with. Um, Yeah. 
because those are the conversations that are the most valuable is all those people you already know, get back to them now, build them into the CRM from day one and make them the first ones you focus on. Everything else is going to start yeah. filling in as you get names, but you've got people already to hit the ground running with and they will turn into business. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I can make a suggestion to everybody, like just at, at the very basic level, just as a starting point, have your CRM, um, put everybody in there and have that follow-up plan established, whether it's quarterly, bi-weekly or whatever. If you just do that at the minimum and set aside a time in your day every single day, like if it's 8.30 to 9 in the morning, because that's when you know that you're going to have less stuff coming at you, um, just have that time set aside to just keep start up that follow-up and it's just going to become like a, uh, just something that you do every single day and it's going to be a habit and it's going to be a lot easier on freezing, aren't I? Okay. Uh, no, I'm good you're now. good. You sort of sounded like a robot for a minute, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it becomes a habit and you'll just, it'll, it'll just start flowing and you'll really see what an impact it makes to just continue those conversations with people. It, it, it like it's, it's so basic, but it, it makes a huge difference. And we like talking to people. I mean, it's what we do. Like, this is why we're in, the, I mean, I want to believe this is why we're in this business is building relationships, having interactions, especially now when like, we haven't been allowed to see anybody for two years. Like, use this as a reason to get you excited every day. Like, you might have paperwork to do. The CRM element shouldn't be the chore. That should be the catch up, conversate. Is that a word? It's conversate a word. I think so. It is now. Let's say it's a word. <laughs> just do it. Just talk to people and, you know, and as it grows, your strategy and your workflows will grow too. So if you start, like we said, with three buckets at the beginning, but your strategy is built around sellers, maybe you have sub buckets under sellers that create new workflows. Maybe as cold leads become warm and warm become hot, there's a transitional workflow that allows you to rebucket people and get them into new buckets. Um, but that's all 100% within the capabilities of every CRM you're going to be looking at. So yeah. um, start small. Just make sure you're having the strategy to talk to people and you'll be gold. And then we'll all just Conversate be- is a word, by the way. Just yes, so it know. is. Yes, it is. Of course it is. It's soared since 2000. It's soared? So it, like, it's apparently like, stored like, in use. People like started using it more. In 2000. So you're like, you're like, I'm sure all the cool kids are using it. Dope's Conversate. Like <laughs> it's probably because when somebody says it, it gets repeated several times with people wondering if it's a word. So it gets used more in conversation. Conversate. Yep. That's it. That's fair. All right. Does anybody have any questions before we sign off for another week? What are we doing next week? I don't even know. Let's look. Mm. I'll stop sharing my screen. Next week, we're going to have a Halloween post-mortem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me see. I, I don't know who's got kids going trick-or-treating or not this weekend, but to everyone who is, have some fun. I hope it doesn't rain because that used to be, at least for the last 10 years, I feel like every Halloween has rained. So this will, yeah. be, this will be a somewhat cold but not raining Halloween. And we'll be wearing more than one mask, I assume, everybody. Extra safe. <laughs> That's right. Um, next week is branding. Woohoo. Ooh, that's a fun one. Branding's fun. Um, yes. So Tara, I did send it out at the beginning, but you might not have, uh, been there when this, 
it was attached. So I'll send it out right now. So you guys have that, but it'll also be in the email that I send out with the recording from today. So hopefully you have that. All right. Cool. Well, thanks guys. Appreciate your time as always. Have a great mm -hmm. weekend. All right. <laughs> See you nice. later. Oh, am I the one Bye. who controls this? Oh, I have to turn this off. Okay. Well, then I'm <laughs> going to turn this off. Okay. Bye everybody. Level up, 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 level up,